good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading the book of Revelation. We are ready to read chapter 17. Last time we read chapter 16, and at the end of 16, the seventh bowl of wrath was poured out, and there was a great earthquake. And let's see, every island fled away, and no mountains could be found. And giant hailstones, as heavy as a talent, that's about a 100 pounds, fell from the sky on the people. And people reviled and spoke abusively of God for the plague of the hell, because the plague was so very great. So now we are ready to read Revelation chapter 17. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I will show you the judgment and doom of the great prostitute who is seated on uh, ah, who is seated on many waters, influencing many nations. She with whom the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality and the inhabitants of the earth have become intoxicated with the wine of her immorality. And the angel carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was entirely covered with blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold, precious stones, and pearls, and she was holding in her hand a gold cup full of the abominations and the filth of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes, false religions, heresies, and of the abominations of the earth. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, God's people and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus who were martyred. When I saw her, I wondered in amazement. But the angel said to me, Why do you wonder? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw was once, but now is not. And he is about to come up out of the abyss, the bottomless pit, the dwelling place of demons, and go to destruction, perdition. And the inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will be astonished when they see the beast, because he was and is not and is yet to come to earth. Here is the mind which has wisdom, and this is what it knows about the vision. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. And they are seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One exists and is reigning. The other, the seventh, has not yet to come, or has, has not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain a little while. And the beast that once was but is not, is himself also an eighth king, and is one of the seven, and he goes to destruction, perdition. The ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but together they receive authority as kings for a single hour for a common purpose 
along with the beast. These kings have one purpose, one mind, one common goal, and they give their power and authority to the beast. They will wage war against the Lamb, Christ, and the Lamb will triumph and conquer them because he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who are with him and on his side are, call, are the called and chosen, elect and faithful. Then the angel said to me, The waters which you saw, where the prostitute is seated, are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns which you saw, and the beast, these will hate the prostitute. And the beast, yeah. These will hate the prostitute, and will make her desolate and naked, stripped of her power and influence, and will eat her flesh and completely consume her with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to carry out his purpose by agreeing together to surrender their kingdom to the beast until the prophetic words of God will be fulfilled. The woman whom you saw is the great city which reigns over and dominates and controls the kings and the political leaders of the earth. Now there is some debate, that is the end of the chapter of chapter 17. Now there is some debate about the great city. The woman represents a great city. Um, whether that be Rome at that time or if it was meant to still be Babylon. I would say that in a way you can look at, now and this is loosely okay generally, you can look at this as kind of a spirit of a city and it could apply to most any city in the world, large cities, where people tend to come together and live. And there tends to be much, you know, much sin, much wrongdoing. It's like when we gather together in huge groups like that, and, that's, and they're huge. These big cities are huge. I don't know. I guess there's strength in numbers. We tend to believe... It, this is the way it appears to me, okay? So I'm talking very much from my perspective. But people appear to get this confidence in themselves and confidence in other people and belief that is against God but in themselves and that they can do whatever they want and enjoy that and there is no higher authority and that they can just do whatever they want and that they can sin and continue doing these things you know ad nauseum uh, forever and that there is no authority above them and there is no God you know so in a way I could say that you know this could apply to almost any any large city in the world maybe to uh, New York or LA or Chicago or London or Paris where People come together and the things they do a lot, not, not saying everyone in these cities is sinful, but saying that a lot of things that occur and happen are sinful and bad. You know, there's a lot of nightlife, as people would say, you know, which is not all good things. We know that. So we could say that some of this is representative of that. Maybe it is representative of the spirit of people without God who tend to 
you know, follow, who tend to be deceived and follow, you know, Satan and the things that that he wants. It's, and you notice too that Israel and Jerusalem was compared in similar fashion as this, compared to being a harlot for other gods and chasing after other idols. And I, I would say that you could make that symbolic of that even today in a large in a lot of places with a lot of people even even in our nation as a whole i would say a lot of people have made idols of other things entertainment and different things and i think this is normal in the fact that it's a normal deception and a normal um, um lure that is here and that can easily trick us and pull us away from god so we want to make sure that we're not falling for those things, that we're not making these other things, these things in the world, these things in life, we're not making those idols and putting those before God. We don't want to do that. But I think this speaks to that spirit, that, that wrong spirit that um, it's not the spirit of God, it's not God's spirit, but it's a, a spirit of, how would I say, maybe a spirit of selfishness where we're just looking out for self and we... We make other things that we like and we want. We make those our idols, you know. And you know, here it's it's referenced as being uh, a prostitute, you know. And I think there was similar. I think there are similar comparisons made to Israel in the past, being a prostitute to other gods, you know, chasing after idols. And so I wonder if this would not apply in a you know in a broad general way to a lot of places even maybe even smaller places even rural places because even even when you go out to the, the rural places sometimes there are people and there are things going on that I'm sure shouldn't be going on because we're all people everywhere everywhere we go we're all people and we all have sin so we know that So I think that's that's one way we can look at that. There's a, it's a very general. I know it's a very general, almost vague type of way of thinking about it. But um, you know, I mean, it is a spirit of idolatry that has been in the world since way back when. You know, we'll be able to read that. Lord willing, we'll be able to read and see that in the Old Testament when we go through that as well. But. That is chapter 17. I don't think, I mean, this is very symbolic and very, you know, even if this, this could have, rep this could represent Rome back then. Okay, it could. It could represent still, for all I know, it could still represent Babylon or Jerusalem. I, I don't know. I can't say for sure. Now, I think the seven hills, that seems to make us think that it might pertain to Rome. Because I seem to remember Rome is perched on, like, maybe, I can't remember for sure if it's seven hills, but it was perched on some hills. So, um, anyway, that is Revelation chapter 17. And I think, uh, think an important thing to take out of this is that we not follow that spirit of idolatry that we not be tempted or lured away from God into other things I think it's most important that we we always consistently habitually 
stay in the word and follow God and follow the Lord and not not be deceived by these things in the world and not be lured away so that we're not worshiping so to speak the beast or doing anything to follow Satan we want to make sure we're following God always so thank you for listening I hope you have a wonderful day may God bless you and keep you safe and remember God loves you